But your honor, I swear, I thought she was a hologram. This is outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. What's up, Internet? You're listening to Episode 8 of the Series 6 Podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers! We are your hosts. I'm R.D. And I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. This time around, we'll be reviewing the 8th episode, titled Ghost Station! That's bull. I can't even... <laughs> but before getting into that, you gonna edit? You gonna edit out? All no, that? I'm not editing that. I stay it. That is okay, stay it. Uh, but before getting into that, I want to give a couple of mentions. Autopod Decepticast. Remember those guys, Jay? Say what? In case you don't, these are the guys that do a minute by minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. Yeah, <laughs> they record one podcast for every minute of the movie. What? It's genius, right? That is crazy. That is genius. That's crazy. Crazy. So, they were kind enough to mention us on their pod, but more importantly, they, like many others, kind of remember Galaxy Rangers, and our little interaction with them has sparked an interest for them to check the show out. Obviously, listener, you know that Galaxy Rangers was a brilliant show, way ahead of its time, and it deserves tons of recognition. So the more attention it gets, the more satisfied we at Series 6 Podcast are. A-Pod Decast guys, thank you for shining a little more light on it. You can find their podcast at autopoddecepticast.com, and they're on Twitter as well. Follow at A-Pod Decast. We also got a mention on Transmissions Podcast, episode 247. Thank you, guys! I leave them humorous feedback from time to time, and they read this particular feedback at the end of that episode, Jay. Day. Yeah, I made one little porn-related joke. Mm -hmm. May have attracted more listeners. <laughs> Murica! So, you gonna stop editing out all the messed up stuff I say, then? That means that's what's gonna happen. No! Okay, that's... it's alright. That's fine. I'm gonna continue censoring you. That's great. Listeners, I am highly edited in all these podcasts because <laughs> I say stuff that... Yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyways. We're both highly edited for different reasons. Yep. Of course, they are at transmissionspodcast.com. My fellow audio knight, Andrew Schatz, was a guest at that time. They read my feedback. Uh, he was promoting some cool stuff, like the stop-motion episode of Swerves, which just debuted. It's a Transformers-centric takeoff of uh, Cheers. What? Remember that old sitcom? <laughs> really? Oh, it's so, really, so really funny Dude, stuff. I'm so going to watch it. I'm so yeah. I'll, put a, I'll, I'll put a link, uh, I don't know, somewhere. You'll be able to uh, check it out, listener. Yeah, I'm going. I also want to mention uh, Tara O'Shea. She created an archive called The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers Guide. This archive has existed since 1994. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, man. And I used it to refresh my memories of the show when we were gearing up to start Series 6. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I just broke out my DVDs yes. and went to town. So thank you, Tara. You've been a huge help to us without even knowing it. Yes, thank you, Tom. And, and finally, Tom Richardson. On Twitter, he's known as at Thunder underscore Ox and at Nocturna Books. Uh, we've gotten some positive feedback from them on Twitter. Thank you for listening, interacting with us, and <clears throat> complimenting my artwork. You guys kick butt cheeks of all shapes and sizes. <laughs> you gonna... All right, Jay. No, I didn't say anything. I'm good. No. I was going to say You're something. Good? No, no. You can. No, I can't. No, no. 
I refuse. All right, Jay. I have a topic today. Okay, shoot. All right. Well, first, here's a tiny little bit of history. Ready? Ready. All right. The, in the Reagan era, toy companies began overtly marketing their products to children by putting cartoons on television that featured their toys, right? Yep. There was a formula to it. And getting that formula right helped certain toy companies make tons of money. So here's the formula. Make a cartoon that doesn't suck about toys that don't suck. (laughs) (laughs) So there were many that tried to jump in and make a quick buck without even attempting to follow that formula. This practice is known as a cash grab. So Jay, my question to you is, can you name three cartoon slash toy cash grabs? Three. Oh, man. Um... Sectors was one. Okay. You mentioned them before. Because the toy really, <laughs> really sucked. The cartoon was, you know, the show was kind of interesting. Uh-huh. But the toy was horrible. Um, Let me see. What's the other one? Dino Riders. That one, the toy was, I mean, it was people from the future riding dinosaurs and fighting a giant frog villain. I, I was, you know, I, I watched it. I was like, this isn't good. There's one that I don't think anyone ever knows about. It's called Starcom. I remember Starcom. I think a lot of people remember Starcom. It was a great show. I loved the show. The toys were excellent, too. No, what? No, what? The toys? Yeah, man. They had, like, motorized transformations. They had dude, little dude. guys with magnets on their feet that you could put on their Okay, fridge. see, that's where you lost me, dude. Because the little guys with magnets on their feet. I was a, I was a G.I. Joe guy. Kung Fu grip had to happen. And those guys did not have any of it. They were small. They were even smaller than masks. Right. That's my point. Like, these action figures suck. I couldn't get with the toy. Um, It was another one. I'm sorry, man. I I, got to do this. Shira was a bad toy. I don't care what anybody says. Shira? Like, He-Man's cousin? He-Man's sister, dude. You don't even got it right, man. Step back. This is bad. You need to not edit that out, too, because you got that wrong. Cousin. That's That's his twin sister. What are you talking about, man? Yo, RD, we got to make you watch the movie. You got you to gotta watch the movie now, man. I'll tell you right now, you can't shame me for not knowing my She-Ra history. Yes, okay? I can. Okay, I'm more versed in animation than RD. It's official now. I know more about, well, I know more sucky anime. Maybe that's it. <laughs> that's you it, know, that one. You can have that title. <laughs> All right, you ready for my lineup? Yeah, let me get your lineup. Okay. Uh, number one on the list is Rubik the Amazing Cube. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> Come on. It was a group of kids. I think they were all siblings. Yep. And they would solve the cube and he'd come to life. Yep. Like a little puzzle genie. They go on their little stupid adventures. So the, the cube would always fall or bump into something, which yep. would mix them up. It was ridiculous. I hated it. He'd like get really mixed up. It was inexplicable. I, I can't even get I just That's another one of those things. I'm like, really? Why? And then they'd have to get to him and solve him in order to resolve whatever problem they're facing. Right. I could never solve that cube, so I would have been like eaten by sharks or stayed trapped in a freezer forever or <laughs> any number of bad things that happened to those unlucky kids. So yeah, that was Rubik, the amazing cube. That was what? One, two? No, that was one, man. Dang. I feel like there was like a lot. <laughs> Rubik's was so bad. It was so bad, it was worth two of them. Like, I'm traumatized right now, dude. I think I forfeited one on my list because of how bad Rubik was. It came on right before Menudo. Oh, my God. Jixie? <laughs> That's another cash grab. <laughs> no, they didn't have any toys. Yes, they dude. did. They did? Yep. Oh, dude. It was like little... So sorry, I knew that. I didn't know that. They looked like little Ken dolls with makeup on. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. All right, so next on the list, number two on my list was 
Karate Kid. Yes. What? That's ridiculous. The toys were horrible. That makes me think about a whole bunch of other ones that might have toys. I remember there being commercials. The toys could barely move. Uh, they'd move at the shoulders and at the hips. Like the legs would move straight up and down. Yeah. And one of the arms was spring-loaded. Like it would lock in place and you could do a karate chop with it. There was a oh, button somewhere else. So they had... The Happy Meal toys, man. No, they, they were higher quality than Happy Meal because they would have like uh, fabric clothes, like a fabric uh, kimono and stuff. Uh, so I remember there being a Daniel, Johnny, and Chosen action figures, but they also had, because I looked it up on, they had Sato, Miyagi, and the ref with the fro and the mustache. Remember him? Oh, nice. <laughs> so the Miyagi figure was an astonishing likeness of Pat Morita. It was actually really impressive for such an old toy. Can we talk about just one minute, man? I just watched Good. a documentary about the guy that Mr. Miyagi is based on. Okay. And he's like one of the people who was touted with bringing karate to America. He um he, he was asked to do the movie, and he was like, no, I don't want to do the movie because he didn't feel like his English was good enough. And he actually did that fight scene when um Mr. Miyagi is beating the dudes off Daniel by the fence. Oh, the skeleton costumes? Yeah, that's actually the guy dressed up like Mr. Miyagi. Pat Morita based his character, how he acted and how he talked, based on that guy. Oh, wow. Pretty impressive story, man. But worth checking out the documentary, man. Look him up. The real Mr. Miyagi. Will do. So the Karate Kid cartoon, I already had made my list before I looked it up. After I looked it up, I was like, that cartoon was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad. It's just the toy was horrible, dude. Yeah. And the toy went with the movie continuity. Right. And the cartoon went its own separate way. That's true. And they went off on little adventures. Everybody went on little adventures. They were trying to get some kind of talisman or something that was stolen from the village in Okinawa. Uh, Okay, so... Yeah, we're digressing. Last one on the list. Yeah. Rambo and the Force of Freedom. Absolutely garbage. I hate... That was one of the ones. That was one of the ones. It was up there with Chuck Norris's cartoon. Yes! Chuck (laughs) Norris and the... And the evil super ninjas or something like that. I don't know. Oh, whatever it is, man. All right. So Rambo and the Force of Freedom. Every episode had that stock footage moment where Rambo was gearing up. Yeah. That was when shit got real. You're like, oh, man, he's tying his boots. That's right. You're like, oh, my goodness. I know. I know. Okay. We can't forget the Force of Freedom, though, because it wasn't only Rambo. They had the rest of those figures. I mean, if not, they wouldn't have anything to sell. True. So, yeah, that was it. Uh, Sucky cartoon, sucky toys, sucky, sucky. Sucky, sucky, muchy, muchy. <laughs> Bad, dude. Yeah. Okay, so you ready? Yeah, ready. Let's start the episode. Uh, this episode aired on October 8th, 1986. It was written by Lance Strait. Ghost Station is the only episode written by Lance Strait, by the way. For a one-off, it's a really good episode. It's really cool. What? Okay. Can I, am I allowed to be quiet on this cast when you say stuff like that? What, you didn't like it? I did not like it, dude. I did not like it. I was, I'm sorry, oh, wow. man. It was Galaxy Rangers meets Scooby Doo Mysteries, man. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, you know what? It had the silliness of Mistwalker. Had some of that silliness. Yeah. But it was much better animated. Art wise, great. It looked a lot better, man. It did. I, I there's no doubts about that. I will say the animation did look great. And we have talked about this. I will forgive a lot more if it looks good. Yeah, I realize that. Okay, it starts off, we're on Earth, or rather high above Earth, in Earth's orbit. A space station comes into view. Long shot. Then we go to its interior. What's that? It's long shot. Is that the name of the station? That's what I believe it is. Wow, okay. 
So the guy sitting inside is sporting a beta future jumpsuit. <laughs> And he's helpfully describing the object that just appeared on his scanners. Yeah. Uh, he says it's enormous and it's drifting towards Earth. No life signs, no heat, no nothing. Except for one little thing. Anti-matter pods, says the southern bell across the way. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. The across the way part or the southern bell? Well, the anti-matter pod part. Ah, oh, I got you. Uh, so he tells her to transmit all the data to Commander Walsh. Walsh! <laughs> That's his name. That struck me as odd. As soon as something jumps off, they call in Commander Walsh directly. Not his subordinate. They got the straight line to handlebars. They're in the space station, so they got to be important. No, they don't, man. Actually, yeah, space travel is like really common nowadays. So, yeah, I guess. Right. So, if they're like flying around, these guys are like, you know what? We're going to put you on the space station and you're going to babysit Earth. I don't know how big the staff is on there, but I mean, it looks like they have company, right? Yeah, each other. <laughs> what if it's just those two? <laughs> just, At least they have yeah. company. Like, you got somebody yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's better it's than somebody. nobody. Then you end up like suffering from space madness. You suffer from other type of madness. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... Depends how long they have to be out there. I mean... So, okay, cool, okay, okay, cool. Maybe it was a day job. Yeah, I think they're up there for eight hours, then they drive home. I'm good now. That makes more sense. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about handlebars. Uh, Walsh okay. is his yeah. name. I've been calling him Handlebars for so long, I forgot his name. Because of his handlebar mustache. <laughs> Commander Huffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, as he describes the situation to everybody at Beta Mountain, uh, he elaborates a little more. He says the object is 10 miles in diameter, heading for Earth, and is armed with an antimatter detonation device. Right. Okay, somehow that sounds worse than what they said before. Yeah. <laughs> but, doesn't it? So, Commander Mongoose says it's the size of a small moon. <laughs> gonna be hamster and gerbil next to you. just like commander mongoose like what i'm just naming every bmx bike i can think of i got it i got it oh that was good man all right <laughs> it's good it was good man it's the size of a small moon so nico speculates that it could be from the queen and zachary says it's enough to blow up all of earth and considering dinosaurs were wiped up by something that wasn't an antimatter bomb then i'm inclined to agree zach Right. Uh, so then Handlebar says he wants the Galaxy Rangers out there immediately. And no dilly-dallying, neither. That's right. Unless you're passing by the general store. Yeah. If so, you can pick me up a couple of vats of mustache wax. I knew that was coming. To you. <laughs> and some Funyuns. <laughs> so, Waldo and Zozo invite themselves. Then Handlebars acts like it was his idea. <laughs> Do you think we just witnessed Waldo pulling a Jedi mind trick? What were you going to tell me? No, no, no. I'm just thinking about what we did in our last podcast with um, Angry Doc. That's my boy now. (laughs) 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 It makes it better every day, man. (laughs) If you just look at it from that perspective. I was laughing the whole time, man. Just, he's like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm definitely going to ride that to death. Oh, for sure. Angry Doc. Doc is a passive aggressive <laughs> asshole. And he tells jokes all the time. I'm like, that's why. Because he's angry like that. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. Anyways. Okay, so skip to Ranger 1 being assembled and Goose jumping into the interceptor. Then there's all this sexy footage of the spacecraft launching. Uh, and Almas says they're in visual range. Zach orders Doc to do a full spectrum scan. And Doc says, I hate you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Doc says, on our first date. Do visual skin. He's like, F your visual skin. <laughs> Burn in hell. <laughs> He's like, what, what was that? Doc, do a full spectrum scan. Burn in hell. What? I said that'll be swell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just laugh too hard now. Because like, all the type of stuff that he could be saying. <laughs> you know what? All we need is like Samuel Jackson to do his voice. <laughs> Samuel Jackson could be like his Luther. Like his inside voice. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm trying real hard, Zachary. To be the shepherd. Inside voice is yelling and screaming. All right, so Doc performs a scan. The object is round and has spikes sticking out all around it. Uh, it looks like one of those old mines that they used to put in the ocean, like just beneath the water surface. Only it's in space and huge. So huge, in fact, that it made Zozo poop his pants. <laughs> At least that's what his facial expression suggested he was doing. Which he does this entire episode. Yep. Poops his pants. I don't think his eyes can get any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Goose says it's an enormous bomb, and then uh, Doc detects nothing with the scans, and uh, Goose decides to go in for a closer look, and the station starts shooting at him. Good idea, Goose. Uh, turrets and gun pods appear all over its surface and fire away. Goose evades, and suddenly a landing bay door opens. Huh? Yeah, exactly. From shooting to inexplicably inviting them in. You know, I got problems with that, dude. And then you go in? So they land both craft inside no. and determine that life support is still active and they can breathe in the station. So no spacesuits required. Good, because that means I get to enjoy how beautifully drawn their faces are in this episode. This is one of those scary movie moments yeah. where you go into the spot where you know things are messed up. Yep. Regardless, I'm like, okay, I know you guys are super powered and you you got your badges and your Galaxy Rangers, you fought. You slaver lords and you're all good and all that, but you're going into a giant bomb that can destroy your planet. Yeah, pretty much. Like they hear, choo, 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 choo. hey, what's that cha 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 sound? I'm gonna go find yeah. out. <laughs> Let me go. Ahead. Uh, so uh, yeah, Zachary says, "Galaxy Rangers, move out." I got your move out, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off, Doc. Knock it off. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> So, uh, Zach tells Nico to use her psychic powers on the station itself. Uh, she does, and her eyes glow purple, and she gets a vision of a planet blowing up thousands of years ago, sending the station that was orbiting it drifting into space, and now it's mm. deserted. I think what's implied is that anybody that was aboard is long dead. Right. Suddenly, a big vampire-looking dude appears on an overhead screen. Welcome, Enolans. It is I, Spec. And he opens a door. And when they enter, it turns into an old saloon full of people. Uh, it gave me that Westworld vibe. Right. Great show. Did you see Westworld? Yeah, I was watching some of it. Good stuff. Very good show. Uh, but yeah. yeah, there's a jukebox mim mimicking a player piano. Mm -hmm. uh, people dancing and having a good time. Doc says to Nico, I thought you said this place was deserted. And then Zozo says, maybe they're ghosts. So this is where Ranger RD packs up and starts heading back to the ship. Right. <laughs> but not Doc and Goose. They start chatting up a couple of girls sitting by the bar. Of course they did. <laughs> See, you know what? This is where I think that they're actually cool with each other because they, they don't hate. I don't think Doc 
hates Goose. I think he's cool with Goose. I, yeah, I think they're best friends, man. Yeah, yeah they think they, they for sure they're like go out drinking, talking about Zach. They're wingmen. Yeah, that's right. So while Goose is trying to get the number of the bald chick that has a coat rack sticking out of her head, Doc attempts to, I'm going to say touch the girl in the green dress. But Doc's hand goes right through her, I'm going to say her butt. Right. (laughs) He was trying to touch. His hand went through, (laughs) so he didn't actually touch. Now one could argue that Doc knew she was a hologram. But I'm sure every judge in the galaxy has heard that before. (laughs) But your honor, I swear, I thought she was a hologram. This is outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. (laughs) And, you know, Doc with his glowing cubes and, you know what, he's probably, if he wasn't um, a computer psychologist, I'm pretty certain, man, at some points he was just, like, hacking stuff left and right. You think he might have, like, programmed himself a girlfriend? I'm pretty certain that he's hacked his way into a whole mess of stuff. And it probably, and, and no one could stop him. Well, okay, so uh, Zach talks with the bartender, who is Speck from the screen earlier, and uh, Speck calls them Anolans, and Zach says that they're not from Enola. This pisses Speck off. All the holograms disappear, and the giant chandelier above drops, making everybody scatter in different directions, successfully splitting them up. Now it's like a haunted house kind of story. Uh, so. Zack and Nico go one way, Goose and Doc go the other way, and Zozo and Waldo fall all over each other. Uh, As Waldo gets up, I made a couple of observations. One, Waldo has a big old butt. What? Yep. And two, Waldo is dressed like Darth Vader under that robe. He is. Oh, man, (laughs) you're right. I never noticed that. I always thought Waldo's robe outfit was all white, but it looks like he's dressed like Darth Vader with a white cape. How crazy is that? He is. Join me, Zozo, and together we shall combine forces with Simba and Conan and defeat our ultimate nemesis, Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> then he cuts He's... off Zozo's hands with a lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> You're my son, Zozo. What? Wait. <laughs> what do you mean? Lop. So um, Goose and Doc are moving down a corridor when gates suddenly start dropping, forcing them to take a specific path. They go through a door and the visual shifts. Now they're in a graveyard. Spooky! So a giant owl flies towards them and Doc says, I've never seen such detailed holography. Okay, I suppose the techie wouldn't be afraid, right? Right. Uh, So Zachary and Nico are wandering around. Nico says, over there! Hedge maze! It looks like The Shining. Yep. So Nico turns a corner in the hedge maze and uh, and everything goes dark. And uh, there are these wolf-like creatures lunging at them. Right. Nico pulls out her scanner. Eyebrows pulls out his sidearm. Trigger happy Zack is back, baby. Yeah, man. He knows it. But the wolves vanish as Nico reveals that there are more holograms. Uh, then an armored knight on horseback starts charging at them. Zack assumes it's another hologram, but Nico tells him, uh-uh, the armor is real, but has nothing inside. So Zack tries blasting it, but the armor is laser-proof, so he badges up. Zack does an awesomely animated sidestep, followed by a bionic backhand. Yeah. Hell yeah! That looked beautiful, man. And smashing stuff. I love it when Zack gets physical. Yep. So Zozo and Darth Waldo 
are winded from running like little biznatches. Mm -hmm. They end up in a library and get separated when a googly-eyed painting startles Zozo and a bookshelf eats him. Yeah. Waldo says, I'm going to say it in his voice. Where could that kiwi be? Oh my goodness, dude. That was good. <laughs> Why he got to be a kiwi? Right. Why you got to make it all racial? So he finds him and they bicker over whether the station is really haunted. And then Zozo starts stuttering, g -g 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 ghost. And now it's a Scooby-Doo episode. It, you do? It's a Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Okay. Dude, it was a Scooby-Doo episode as soon as they stepped on that station, man. Yeah, but it wasn't that obvious. It wasn't. I mean, I agree. It just, that was a point where it was... Like, they were building up tension. Yeah, and then I thought it was going to go, you know, traditional Galaxy Rangery. You know, good stuff. Some good fight scenes maybe here and there. Them going town. But when they said Waldo and Zozo are coming, I'm like, oh, yeah. no. See, if they weren't there, it would have, like, been a, a, a lot more serious. It wouldn't have had all the slapsticky, silly junk. Yeah, agreed. I think that's true. But I, I think they were in, they were included deliberately for that reason because it's a kid's cartoon and it would have been a little too scary for uh, what they thought is the mind of a, of a child at the time. Mm -hmm. The same kids that are watching Jason movies and Chucky and all that good stuff. It depends on the age, man, because like older kids are watching stuff like that, but Younger kids see it, see it, something animated on TV and they want to watch right. it. I have a six year old and like certain things will scar him. <laughs> oh, goes, man, I know. He goes, Dad, I don't want to see this. Change the channel. I'm like, okay. And it's a, right. it's to me, it's like mild stuff, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm saying. I mean, I have a 12 year old, but I know for a fact. And I thought I think about days that the the movies that scarred me. So I saw maybe Friday the 13th, the first one, and I had to be like nine or ten at a drive-in dude I, I got that beat you're not four years older than me no i'm not dude uh i saw it when i was five in the theater right i saw it in a drive-in much later so this is a drive-in thing dude. okay so they, like they they would play like older movies like yeah. years later okay yeah something like that it was in a drive-in in florida it was my aunt wanted to go see it and everybody went so it's fine it's always the aunt it is i have an aunt that was like uh she used to be afraid to watch scary movies alone so she would tell my mom that yeah, i'll take them to the movies not telling her what movie she's gonna go to <laughs> so so i saw like all those old school 70s scary movies like carrie yeah uh halloween friday the 13th so they like even hearing the word carrie used to like scare me <laughs> right like could you carry this for me ah <laughs> no no what do you mean carry this but anyway uh you were saying jay sorry well anyways the movie that scarred me wasn't the wasn't friday the 13th i was fine with that the movie that scarred me was the one that came over after that, like some devil baby killing people. <laughs> that scarred me, which is silly. It was the most ridiculous one, but it's the one that scarred me. So Not Chucky, the doll that's killing people. No, 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 no. This was like some lady had a baby and it was just messed up. It had this it just messed up story regardless. Wow. It was bad. Anyways, it, it shouldn't have scarred me, but it definitely gave me the heebie-jeebies. I got you. Yeah, you know. Okay. Stupid stuff. But back to our Scooby-Doo mystery. I mean, okay, Galaxy so, Ranger episode. So Zozo and Waldo run into a chamber, and then they get sucked into a giant straw. So back in the graveyard, the wind picks up, and Doc hits the deck. Then Goose badges up and acts like a lightning rod. And it's going to Guy Goose. His hair is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Goose absorbs a bunch of lightning bolts. 
and then the storm calms down. I'm not sure what his plan was, but it worked because an underground stairway opens up for them. So now Zack and Nico are wandering through the haunted house. They see skeleton versions of themselves. It's actually pretty frightening looking. Uh, but Nico determines that they're just x-ray projections of them. You can tell which one is Zack's because it has the bionic skeleton underneath. Like over yeah. The body. I thought that was cool, though. Yeah. And uh, that's actually one of the images that Rabbi Bob stitched together. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, so I'll add it to the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then an obviously holographic head appears before them. So, of course, Zack thunderbolts that bitch. <laughs> because he has a full charge that's why he just he has to let off some energy he does uh back to goose and doc exploring actually i think uh zach and nico got sucked into the straws right right at, at that point because the the holographic head was there to distract them i guess and then from above the straws just grabbed them so goose and doc they're exchanging witty banter and they're going through a corridor and suddenly the giant straw drops down on doc and Goose reacts quickly and knocks Doc out of the way, sacrificing himself and getting sucked into the vacuum. And then Doc is like, my Goose Man! Yep, see? Wingman, all day. Yep. Looking out for his boy. So now Doc is wandering around calling everybody's name. Mm-hmm. And notice how he leaves Zach's name for last. Zachary! Yep. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Freaking hates that guy. Zachary! <laughs> Hope he's dead. Hope he's dead. Hope he's dead. So Doc notices the googly-eyed painting. But he's happy rather than frightened. He takes down the painting, revealing a computer panel that he can interface with. Of course. A screen flips around and Speck appears on screen. So after a quick interview, Speck explains that he is the space station and the space station is a doomsday device designed to destroy the enemies of Enola. And he's determined that Earth is Enola's enemy. Only Enolans can alter his programming, right? Right. So Doc reasons that there are no Enolans left, but Speck is stubborn. So Doc sticks tripwire on him. Speck tells him it's hopeless, but Doc looks confident. Uh, you ever notice Doc's tablet is shaped like a flask? Like, yeah. It's probably full of whiskey. I have noticed that, and it's awesome. <laughs> Doc might have a problem. Yeah, he does. Dude. He's <laughs> like, I, um, I have a problem with uh, things that are drinkable. I like drinkable stuff. I think. Anyway, Tripwire says that the bomb can't be stopped, just like Speck said, but mm -hmm. he can add a loop to the detonator's timer to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Wait, slow it down? What for? I, I thought the station was programmed to blow up Earth, so how does slowing the timer help? Anyways, Speck is grateful and releases everybody he's vacuumed up. He tells them to get out and says, I will complete my function. So... Everybody makes a break for the ships. Zack tells Goose that uh, there's not enough time. And Goose says, we'll have to jam sync the hyper shunts. Everything in that sentence sounded dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never looked at it that way, but you were so right, dude. Everything. Absolutely so, everything. All right. So uh, jam syncing the hyper shunts is a maneuver that requires perfect timing. Zachary doesn't have the patience for it. If he didn't have Nico as a co-pilot, he'd have probably killed his crew. <clears throat> so uh, they hyper-jump as the station explodes. And it turns out that Speck activated his countdown early in order to save Earth. Aww, such a nice yeah. dead computer. So uh, Zach says that Speck will be remembered as a newborn star in Earth's sky with a message of peace. Yeah, that's 
pretty crazy still. And so in his last shot, Zachary's eyebrows looked like uh, one of Blade's weapons, like the boomerang knife that he throws around the circle room. Yeah. Take a look at his eyebrows. They have that shape to him with the with the blade ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed up. But yeah, that's how the episode ends. It was uh, I I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, you know, you you were forgiving. You were doing art forgiveness. That's what it was about. Art forgiveness. I Going guess back so. to uh, RD was all about art forgiveness. Me on the other hand, I felt like it was it was missing some stuff for me. That's that's the problem. Just miss all the stuff I generally enjoy about Galaxy Rangers, but. Otherwise, um, entertaining-esque, but like I said, it was definitely more enjoyable knowing that Doc was angry the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) That made me happy, man. That's a gift that Orbital Bacon gave us that we're going to cherish for a long time. I am going to love this forever, (laughs) dude. Just so good. He's like, you suck. (laughs) You fun. Now I have to watch the whole series over again because <laughs> I orbital bacon. Thanks, dude. Thanks, well, dude. You only have to watch six or seven episodes over again with that in mind. Uh, okay, so let's close it out. Okay, man. Okay, listener. That was our Halloween episode, Ghost Station. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode nine titled One Million Emotions. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll send nudes. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. And only Jay will send you nudes. Uh, visit what? our website, series6podcast.com, <laughs> the number yeah. six. Send us right. feedback. I'm not going to let you talk. <laughs> you no. can email us at galaxyrangers <laughs> at email.com. Naked toys. <laughs> uh, Galaxy Rangers, no space at email, not Gmail, E, because fuck it we're excellent (laughs) (laughs) we've been your host i'm rd and i think i'm jay (laughs) i'm not sure i want to admit that and we'll see you next time disengage your freaking hyperdrives bye bye later